Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode from Set and Tone. Today is our Dirty Honey special. Stick around because we'll tell you more about that right after the intro. Hello everyone and welcome to our Dirty Honey special. Here is Can't Find the Brakes. And then we're going straight into our interview with Mark from Dirty Honey. Enjoy. Everyone, hello and welcome to another episode from Setting the Tone. I'm joined by Mark from Dirty Honey. Mark, welcome to Setting the Tone. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Um, let's kick off. Um, Can't Find the Breaks is the follow-up to the self-titled 2021 album. Um, Mark, talk me through the journey. How did this one come together? How did you go about putting ideas together, lyrical themes and, and structures? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of it was just... Um testing stuff out on the road um trying some new songs you know kind of unexpectedly while we were touring um mostly through europe um the last two years really 
And, um, you know, once we kind of decided where we we're going to go to record the record, we just started getting together every day here in LA and rehearsing and writing and, um, you know, bashing it out in the same room together. And, uh, a lot of this stuff, probably good, probably a third of the stuff came together in Australia in the studio. So that was, um, including the title track can't find the breaks. Um, that was like a totally organic, um, start to finish thing that happened in Australia. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a mishmash of um, methods, but it um, it got to the finish line. So, did you find that it was easy to perhaps write on the road while you're out in Europe in terms of inspiration and just things coming together, or was it something that just happened, like you say, organically? Um, I think the guys and I tend to like to, if we have some uh, extra time, especially on the headlining tours, we usually take you know some time at soundcheck to try stuff out, work on stuff, and. You know, that's usually a motive because you really, if you don't do it, then you're really going to be behind the eight ball when you do, you know, want to start working on a record. So you got to kind of get yourself organized while you're on the road and have time together. Because once you get home, you have so many obligations at home that um, just kind of get in the way of creating. Like, I mean, today I'm, I'm home. It's a beautiful day in Southern California. I want to go surfing. I want to go, you know, hit the bike path. I, there's a million things I'd like to do then sit in the same room with the guys that I'm on the road with 24 seven all the time. So, uh, you know, we, we, we make a pretty good point of working on stuff on the road. Um, but certainly once you decide, Hey, we're going to make a record, you, you gotta get together. Yeah. Commit, commit. Really. There's no, there's no one that can put in half the effort. It's a hundred and 110% or nothing. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so obviously that's, um, once, once the, the go button is hit, that's uh, an initiative for us to, to work and then you know having the time in the studio is a big help too we didn't have much time the last two records that we made um physically in the studio so we took about a month in there this time around it was um it was definitely nice to have some extra time um i, I like the album title i can't find the breaks my initial take on this was about finding the light breaks in everyday life scenarios is that is that kind of where i'm heading my in the right area there well, the it's funny it was kind of like an uh a double entendre and we were like the spelling of the word breaks is going to be very important so you know we kind of can't find the breaks um you know b-r-e-a-k is a different meaning entirely to b-r-a-k-e so um you know when we looked at it the, the lyric of the song came first can't find the breaks shorty can't find the breaks and i was like that's so maybe i should change it you know in each chorus the spelling so that it has a complete different meaning every time i sing it even you know um but we went with the b-r-a-k-e which is kind of like yeah we're on a runaway runaway train that like is off the tracks and we don't know where we're gonna land you know what i mean we're just taking the ride and we'll see where it goes that's where we had it and then you know it's also yeah to your point like it can't find the brakes can't get lucky you can't seem to get out of the rut that you're in um we like them both so we figured why not just call it that Hey, why not? It works. Absolutely fine. Um, in terms of leveling up, what did you guys do differently to try and make this better than previous releases? Oh, I mean, the time in the studio that we had was paramount. Just experimenting and working on tones, working on lyrics, working on delivery of the vocals and stuff. I think we're a very organic um, band at the heart of like our recording process. Um, you know, no click tracks usually. Usually um you know a lot of like spontaneous performance stuff we like to try and keep it live but 
having a little extra time to really get it right and find that magical take was, uh, was important. And every other recording we've done, we've kind of felt a bit rushed. And this one, we were like, okay, you know, what else can we work on, you know? In terms of when you sat down to discuss this album, hey, we want to make an album, what, what were the conversations in terms of ideas? Was it just, like you say, organically it came together? Or did you kind of have a, a pre-plan to write in the album? Um, we had a couple things finished uh, already. Won't Take Me Alive was definitely something we knew that was kind of like a fresh take on the Dirty Honey sound. It's very much sounds like us. It's it's a straight ahead rock and roller with kind of a dance groove behind it, um, which is something sort of new. It's 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 a rock and roll song that like is our sound, but in some way it is different. So it's it's a nice uh, way to come out of the gates and then. Justin had this really beautiful uh, acoustic ballad that he'd been playing for a long time. And okay, so now we have this acoustic thing that's great and we know we want to be on the album. We also have Won't Take Me Alive. Like how do we marry these two sounds to make it a cohesive body of work? And that's kind of how we took off. When you're um, making an album, is there anything like you can't go fresh canvas or do you bring any ideas over? And what's the mindset for when you're there's always down. like just a slew of ideas kicking around. I mean, there's even ideas kicking around now uh, that we didn't really get to finish um, from the Can't Find the Break sessions that'll probably, you know, carry over into the next thing. So it's always um, a work in progress. And it's never like, unless you're creating like a concept album, it's, you know, completely from, from scratch. It's um, It's always just an endless like, like wealth of uh, music that you're trying to work on. And obviously it's been depleted now having just finished a record and we have to build that wealth of ideas up to then go in and start the next thing. And, mm. you know, I just wrote something last night that I was pretty pumped about. So, um, you know, just going to add it to the Dropbox and we'll see if we get to it. Yeah. There's no, no idea. It's a bad idea, right? It's always there for another day if needed. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, if something's, really good uh it, it usually finds its way to the you know to the top and gets finished and will wind up on something were there any um challenges that you faced while making this album you mentioned obviously you were on the road writing in europe and and then obviously down under to record it yeah john had some trouble getting into australia so that was a challenge um <laughs> we were there for about a week without him uh he had some uh he had some uh, passport uh, customs issues uh, getting through a uh, border patrol. So, um, yeah, that gave us uh, some time to experiment um, on some other ideas, you know, without him. But uh, we're, we're glad he uh, finally showed up about a week <laughs> later. <laughs> Bad idea, never. Bad idea. Yeah, you can imagine how uh, tense it was when uh, your guitar player is not at the studio for uh, uh, border reasons. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, everything else could pretty much be covered. Vocalist, you know, AI these days, drummer, drum machines, but a guitarist, I'm not sure anyone's figured out. And <laughs> just yeah, let's use backing tracks. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you can kind of mechanically um, play drums or a computer, but yeah, adding soulful guitar playing is uh, a good challenge. <laughs> In terms I think of Joe Walsh, Joe Walsh said uh, that that shit's all just computers until a computer can throw a TV out of a hotel room window. Um, I'm not too worried about AI. <laughs> that, is, that is the most rock and roll statement you're going to hear in 2023, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. 
That's pretty awesome. In terms of um, when an album feels complete, when does that feel complete? Is it the last day in the studio or is it when you're actually seeing physically that artwork and what people yeah. have been to you? I just saw the physical. I held the physical thing in my hand for the first time the other day. We we got a big delivery of it for the very first time. Um, and we happened to be opening for Guns N' Roses that night when we got it. Uh, and we were signing a bunch of... A bunch of the uh vinyl covers and uh i f- i fucking ran right over to slash's dressing room i was like yeah i want you to be the first one to have one so um yeah i didn't even have it yet but slash does so but yeah that was the first moment we were all like holy fuck this looks awesome which has led me beautifully into my next question um you guys obviously from la um i've been fortunate to be over in la and visit the whiskey which is a lovely historic venue um yeah People know what LA's about, especially Sunset Strip. You know, you, you're talking your motley crews, your Guns N' Roses. You've just mentioned you're running over to see Slash. What, what's it like growing up? And then you're going to go and see your idol and hand him your your album. Oh my god, it's fucking awesome! It's it's great. Like he's um he's been a great supporter of the band, and he's obviously a very sweet guy and an amazing musician and somebody I really look up to. Um, mm-hmm. just before even knowing him, even a little bit, um. But yeah, I, I really appreciate his uh, opinion on stuff. He's very nice about the music and like to have him not only in our corner, but letting us like open up for guns and for Slash and Miles Kennedy, like it means the world to us. And it's, it's obviously every time we play with guns, it's like a total pinch me moment. Like, how, how do we get here? This is insane. It really is. Those, those sort of shows are the difference between kind of really bringing more people in as opposed to you know, playing to a smaller audience and maybe not many there. Big differences there between getting all yeah, I mean, on you. Especially this this trip with them um, through the states that we're on. We're playing with them on Wednesday again. Um, you know, you're playing in like full arenas. It's it's a it means a lot um, for sure. And it's the impact is the impact is maybe not felt so much when you're obviously you're aware that like this is a huge arena show and it's important to be great and there's a lot of pressure to be great and you know we love all that but you really feel like the next time you go to that city when people discovered you at you know opening for guns and roses and i'll see you again and you know you're playing to maybe a thousand people that otherwise never would have heard of you and they are familiar with all your music you know six seven eight months later um it, those those moments are a lot of fun we actually felt that impact quite a bit um going back to europe uh this past winter and we went to a lot of places that we opened for guns and you know you know the cities you open for guns and roses in for sure it's it's pretty cool definitely if you if you were hit i don't forget you right yeah they they were so passionate and like you know i mean i i talked to people after shows selling merch and they're like i saw you with guns and roses in uh you know in london or i saw you with guns and roses in cologne wherever you know it's like they come out in droves after that. So it's, uh, it's a lot. Well, was there any other, for yourself in particular, Matt, was there any other inspirations growing up in LA? Obviously there's a host of them, right? Throughout the years. Yeah. Well, I grew up in, uh, I grew up in upstate New York actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, I went, grew up going to concerts and, uh, seeing Aerosmith, the Rolling Stones, Guns N' Roses, um, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Brian Adams, um, I come from a family that really loves uh, live music. And that was one of the, that was definitely the luxury probably growing up was um, getting to go to a lot of concerts. Um, 
and you know a lot of really good ones. I like to think my family has really good taste. So uh, yeah, I got to see some good stuff. Awesome. That's definitely what you at well. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, totally. In terms of um, inspirations, when you're whether it be writing or where do you pull that from? Do you pull it from everyday kind of life stuff, or is there a particular area that you like to really go to? Yeah, I think um, you know I like to say the best way to have stuff to write about is to live a really full life and experience everything that life has to offer the good, the bad, the ups and downs. And, you know, so there's a lot of pulling from personal experience and there's a lot of um, fictional sort of fan fantasy type stuff as well. And then also pull from stories from friends and family as well. And their experiences, um, you know, write about stuff my family has been through quite a bit. Um, You know, it's not my story, but it's, partly mine because you know i'm familiar with it and um yeah so there's there's a lot of stuff to pull from but yeah that's just bruce springsteen always said you know i'm the biggest fraud on earth i never worked in a steel mill or whatever but he writes about it all the time you know so it's about figuring out a way to connect all connect the story to somehow make it seem like your own is uh it's definitely an art definitely uh, what can we expect from Dirty Honey going into 2024? It's hard to say that 2023 is almost over, right? It's mental. I can't believe that. went by so fast. Um, a lot of touring, I would say, is uh, yeah. probably on, uh, on the schedule for sure for 24. Um, probably get back to Europe, obviously. we got to get over to Australia and Japan for the first time. Hopefully South America. Um, obviously, we have a big tour coming up here in the States, and I'm sure we're going to be hitting... Uh, quite a bit of Europe uh, next year, um, whether that's another headline tour or festivals and stuff, but uh, we'll be we'll be back. Awesome. Um, just some quick five questions to finish off our time today. Um, who would you like to record a record with and why? Oh, man, that's such a tough one. There's a, a lot of people, but uh, I think the biggest one for me would be Mutt Lang. He's, he's the biggest one. He's just made some of my favorite records and he like, He's um, obviously got a great uh, grasp on songwriting and sonics, and um, I think he'd be able to help push us a little bit too, which would be nice. But he's, you know, he's an amazing producer. There's a million of them, though. It, it, there's world's endless right, of talent. There's a lot of talent that's past, present, and yeah, Dave Cobb, of course. We already, we already did something with Dave Cobb. Brendan O'Brien would be great. Uh, I, I mean, I'd love to make a record with Jimmy Page, Jack Douglas. Like the list goes on. It's- Many, too many uh, to work with. <laughs> in terms of if you were to put a band together, who would you put in your band? Oh, man. Slash would be the... Well, I mean, other than, of course, the guys that are in Dirty Honey. But if I had to put a band together, Slash would be in it. Um, I would maybe play rhythm guitar for myself. And then I would let uh, somebody like Steven Tyler or Brian Johnson or Chris Robin, they could all sing. Uh, <laughs> I'd have... Um, God, who would I have on drums? Jeez, a lot of good ones. Um, man, I'd probably put Flea on bass. My drummer would probably be Jason Bonham. We'll go with that. Um, and then this one's a bit of a cheesy one, but I'd like to ask it. What makes music so special for you? Oh, man, it's just, um, you know, it's just a, a way to express yourself um authentically or you know that that's when i'm writing it but like when i'm listening to it it's it's a way to enhance or um enhance a mood or you know help to like and by that enhancing mood i mean it could be enhancing like sadness maybe you're feeling something and you want to 
connect with an emotion a little more deeply than you normally would. Um, you know, I use music to pump myself up to go run or play hockey. Like that helps, you know, and it's just, it enhances life. Honestly, it just adds color to things that otherwise wouldn't have it. Uh, Matt, thank you very much for your time. I wish you all the very best with the album, all the best with the tour and enjoy, enjoy playing with Guns N' Roses again. That's pretty awesome, man. Yeah, it's going to be good. I can't even get Slash to reply to my birthday tweet. We share the same birthday. I can't even get him to reply to one of my tweets over the years. Let him play. So, yeah, <laughs> Uh, he he probably gets a lot of tweets, you know. Yeah, definitely. And to be fair, so it's probably not him that's running his social media, right? I wouldn't be if I was that. Sort he of does famous. do his Instagram. I think he does do his Instagram actually, but um, I don't know. I don't know what about his Twitter or anything. Could just be an extension of his Instagram or something. Could 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 well be. Awesome, man. Well, thank you much. All the very best. Um, and yeah. hopefully catch you over on the show in Europe next year. Hopefully. Yeah, for sure. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Mark. Um. It is worth noting that Can't Find the Breaks is out from Dirty Honey on November the 3rd this year, so keep your eyes peeled. All links for the Dirty Honey will be going to find Set and Tone's Facebook page, um, as well as the Instagram page, so you can find the pre-order links if you wish to, as well as a YouTube um, video link for the latest single, Won't Take Me Alive, which is out now. Thank you once again for tuning in to today's episode. It means the absolute world to have your support as always. If you wish to come onto the show because you're in a band or you're a solo artist and you've got an EP, single, or an album, or going on tour, then feel free to reach out via spt-setandtoneoutlook.com or you can reach out via the Instagram and Facebook channels. We are on the handle Set and Tone UK Podcast. Once again, thank you very much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and bye-bye for now. <laughs>